You're listening to the Weekly Wind Down. On today's show, we talk about Marvel on Netflix, Amazon's fight against fake reviews, and we have a discussion about loyalty in sports. Brian Hey everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Weekly Windown. My name is Kelso, and I'm very excited to be here alongside my buddies Simon and Brent. Hey, how's it going, bud? Really good. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Good. It's been a long week, but I'm ready for it to wind down. Yeah, well yes. put. Very well put. Uh, how was your guys' weeks? Anything exciting happen? Uh, it was good. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Uh, probably the most uh, exciting thing that happened this week was... Uh, getting woken up at 2.30 in the morning the other night by people yelling in the hallway of my condo, uh, which was followed up by somebody pulling the fire alarm. So spent the uh, next hour or so outside uh, sitting in the car waiting for the fire department to come and tell everyone to go back inside. But uh, that's about it really for me. And you guys? Well, I, um, I'm wearing an orange shirt and, and only people in the room can see it. But uh, on September 30th was <laughs> Orange Shirt Day and it was to raise awareness for the residential schools. And... Being a teacher, it's important to show these things. And so I'm wearing it today because I'm proud to be raising awareness about that. Good on you. Good on you. Brent? Well, it's kind of been a long week, but the one thing that's kind of been getting me through it is Venom coming out on this Thursday. I've really been excited. I love Tom Hardy. Um, but the big thing is I'm really worried that it's just going to be as bad as Suicide Squad. Hmm. So I say that as if I've seen it, but <laughs> yeah, we all know your track record of movies, Simon. So is that so the movie comes out tomorrow or the trailer? Or? No, the movie the is movie. released oh, okay. tomorrow. The trailer looked pretty good. Uh, it looks all right, yeah. but high I enough, just high enough hopes. I, yeah, I was excited about the new trailer. I feel like the first trailer didn't really show much and I was a little disappointed about that. Yeah. But the new trailer kind of got me going. Um, I'm literally looking forward to it. I'm optimistic. However, like you said, it... <laughs> Just worried that it's going to be a colossal disaster like Suicide Squad. I'd even say almost like the Fantastic Four. The remake was just terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, God, if it's like that, I would not be impressed. Well, you guys will have to let me know how it is. And I'll, if it's good, I'll add it to my list of one or two movies that I see a year. But <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I think that probably segues us well into, uh, into what you want to talk about today, Kelsey. Yeah. So uh, what I want to talk to you guys about today is, and girls, sorry, it's 2018. So we got to keep it mm-hmm. uh, gender equality here. So <clears throat> what I want to talk to you guys about today is Netflix and the Marvel's rise on there. Uh, everybody by now should know what Netflix is, you know. The thing that killed my favorite part-time job. Netflix killed the video store. <laughs> Working at a video store was literally the greatest part-time job I have ever had. Anyway, back on track. I want to talk about the Marvel series. Series? Or is it Siri? That's like when you talk to your iPhone, isn't it? Yeah, Siri. There we go. Yeah, so <laughs> the Siri, the series. For those who have not seen any of the series, I'm looking at you, Simon and Brent. True. Guilty. Um, I would suggest starting with Daredevil Season 1. The show starts with Charlie Star starts. Wow. <laughs> Stars Charlie Cox, who plays the role of Daredevil, and his counterpart Foggy Nelson is played by Fulton in the Ducks movies. I don't really, I forget his real name, but I'll just go by Fulton. You guys remember, hopefully, Fulton from the Ducks movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's years back. Yeah, the knuckle yeah. puck. Yeah. Well, 
The knuckle puck wasn't him, though. I know. But that was Keenan Thompson. That was Keenan Thompson. But still, like his specialty slap shot. Yeah. The yeah. One. I always remember the second one when he's banking it off the post and nails the guy right in the face. That might be up to another thing I have to add to my list of things to watch now. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when I first saw him, the Fulton, that is, it kind of blew me away. I hadn't seen him in a movie or anything for a very long time, probably since the Ducks series. At least he's doing better for himself than Goldberg, from what I hear. Hmm. Anyway, the show was fantastic, and I really enjoyed the writing. And like the intro soundtrack, the intro scene for that show was very, very good, and the music as well. Um, the fighting in it is awesome. For those of you who don't know, Daredevil, like uh, I'm going to talk about a perspective of people who have never seen the show before. Uh, Daredevil got his powers when he was really young, and he got into an accident. Uh, Matt Murdock is his name. And he got into a, re- a bad accident where some chemicals spilt in his eyes and he lost all vision. Okay. However, he could, yeah, it was pretty painful, uh, I imagine. Anyway, <laughs> his, his vision was completely infected and became blind, but he learned to see with like hearing. And it's just, I, there's more science behind it. And I didn't, I, exactly, I didn't do my <laughs> research on the science behind his special powers. Uh, that's for another episode when we. You're going to do science in an episode? <laughs> yes, the science behind special powers. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I promise you. So, my first question here is uh, just it's been a while since I saw that movie, too, but any relation to Daredevil in the movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that was a colossal I disaster. Mean, one of my favorite movies of all time. The original Daredevil, yeah. you like that? No, it actually was terrible. Yeah, it was. And I have a pretty low standard for There movies, you go. So. Well done, Simon. That was, yeah, that movie was terrible. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck needs that. I don't even cool. remember what it was about. I just remember like finishing the movie and was like, wow, that might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I'd rank it up there with Catwoman as well, with Halle Berry. Oh, my gosh, right. that was garbage. Won't add that to my list. <laughs> no, then. do not watch that one. Um, it was a real dumpster fire for sure. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know that the main villain in the first season of Daredevil is played by Vincent D'Onofrio, um, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Daredevil by now, well, I'm sorry, but Snape does kill Dumbledore. Oh, oh man. He plays Wilson Fisk in the series, and I have to say, he played that part to a T. They have two seasons on Netflix right now, uh, and they're working on season three, which I'm super excited for. It's supposed to come out in early 2019. But anyway, I would start with season one, which brings me to my next Netflix show that you should watch after you're done season one, Simon and Brent, uh, is you should start with Jessica Jones. Now one's starring Kristen Ritter. And are these are related, are they? These two, the two shows or the yeah, characters? That's a very good question. Yes, they are related because they all take place in a suburb of New York called Hell's Kitchen. So... There's a bunch of these superheroes that are in and around Hell's Kitchen area, and they all take place in that kind of area. Probably not starring Gordon Ramsay, then. Definitely not no, starring okay. Gordon Ramsay. The wrong Hell's Kitchen. I thought Kitchen. I'd check. I might be wrong on that. I know Daredevil's in He's Hell's in the Kitchen. Next season, maybe. But I feel like they're all part of that area, too, because they don't really come out much into the MCU. For those of you who don't know, MCU is the Marvel Comic Universe. I just learned that like a couple weeks ago because I was figuring out. I was like, what is this MCU that everyone's talking about? <laughs> and all these Facebook posts and reviews and whatnot. So um, anyways, Jessica Jones. So she was a ex-superhero. She retired, turned PI, private investigator. And that's played by Kristen Ritter. Not sure if that's any relation to John Ritter, but I just... The only time I've ever seen her is in She's Out of My League, which I absolutely love that movie. That movie was really good. Yeah. 
Oh man, I'd love to chat about that movie or any good comedy movies like that on a future episode for sure. Um, but yes, she is a private investigator. And that season, I was a little worried when Jessica Jones came out because Daredevil to me was a very good show. And I was like, well, how are they going to top this? Um, I feel like Jessica Jones didn't quite get there, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, the villain in that TV show, his name is Kilgrave, and what he would do is he would manipulate you and mind control you. So he would tell you exactly what to do. So like Simon hit your head on the table, and you would totally just hit your head on the table. Ouch. Yes, very, <laughs> very painful. So uh, that one was good. The fighting in that one was also good. A um, little slow at parts, and so if you're kind of into go, 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 high-octane thriller action... It um and there's just how many how many seasons of that is there? There is two seasons okay. of that one. Um yeah, so there's two seasons of that one. Um there is two seasons now of Luke Cage, which is the next that, that's what I've heard is quite a good one though. Luke Cage was is I would say season two is bar none way better than season one. And I've heard season one is actually quite good too, isn't it? Season one, see season one was really good. Up until <clears throat> Cottonmouth was a big is a big thing, and I, I don't want to get into many spoilers. But at this point, again, Snape kills Dumbledore. Um, Cottonmouth is or like a villain in that show, and he was awesome. I really enjoyed his <clears throat> his uh, style, and it just I really like the Harlem kind of setting of like Black New York. I kind of really enjoy that yeah. uh, atmosphere and all the music. It was really cool. Um, so Luke Cage is played by Mike Coulter and he uh he was an experiment. So how he got his powers was he was a prisoner. Uh and you find out more about that towards the end of season 1. Yeah. Uh but they did some exp- a, do- a doctor did some experiments on him and he's unbreakable. Unbreakable skin. So it didn't matter what what you did to him. You could not cut him, you could not kill like you could not kill him basically. Mm-hmm. You could not shoot him, you could not burn him. He could not blow him up, but he would just, his skin was unbreakable. Yeah. So trying to figure out how to penetrate that skin was just hmm. impossible. Cool. But keep watching to yeah. find out. Uh, and the final big character, so there's four superheroes. Um, so there is Daredevil, which I talked about. Yeah. There is Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. There is uh, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. And then there is this final one, uh, Iron Fist. Is his name? Um, well, that's his superhero name. Is that the name of the show, or yeah, the okay. name of the show. So his superhero name is Iron Fist. His uh, alias name is Danny Rand, um, and that is played by Finn Jones. Now, season one of Iron Fist was beyond terrible. <laughs> just I'm gonna just be completely honest. And they even went on the record and said, "Sorry, guys, this mo- this TV show was." Not good. We were rushed. We were out of, running out of time, and we could not get all the cast together all at once to film on time. Yeah. They actually filmed all the fighting scenes in such a hurry that I'm going to sum it up for you. Turn the lights off. And you can't <laughs> see anything. That's pretty much what the entire show was. All the fight scenes were like literally in a dark alley. Hmm. You could not see, and it was it was just terrible. I like ah, uh, that's just my. So the way you're describing it, though, there must be a second season. Yeah, so I'm sitting 
on my couch. Not currently, um, but I am, when I'm finding time in my busy schedule, I am catching up on season two, and I'm halfway through there right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm impressed so far. It's still a little slow. That's the other thing with a lot of these TV shows is there's a lot of dull episodes where it's just, they're just so slow and they're dry, and it, it just kind of takes forever to get on with it almost like how and how i'm talking right now you'll find that you'll find that i'm like season one of iron fist episode three sometimes hey we promised awkward silences and we will deliver (laughs) that's right so um the villain in this show is it's not really there's no real concrete villain which is very frustrating and the other shows there are concrete villains that you know are the bad guy Mm And I find in Iron Fist, they're having a hard time figuring out who the the villain is. There's a lot of characters who are Danny Rand's counters who are out there to, like, stop him. I guess that's kind of similar, though. If you look at the Avengers, they have a lot of bad guys out there who don't like them either. But gotcha. anyway, that I it, that show is really, it's starting to become better. Um Moving on to now Daredevil season two, just when I didn't think they could top season one, I still don't think they could top season one and season two of Daredevil because just the villain for me in Daredevil season one made that show. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio just really is a brilliant actor and just really made that show happen for me. Uh, and you guys, I really want you guys to watch these shows because it'd be great to talk about them in future. No, you're starting episodes. to. Kind of convinced me a little bit. Oh, like well, Christmas good. holidays yeah. or something. Often. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you I'll have to get Netflix first. I mean, yeah. you guys should all be teachers. It's nice you get two weeks off so you'd be able to catch up. But yeah. not everybody can be a teacher. Two not months, everybody can be. Oh, we get almost four months, yeah. I think. Toward, oh, yeah. Oh, with your Christmas you, holidays. Christmas yeah. and uh, summer and mm-hmm. when, you, when you calculate all that. Anyway, yeah. I love teaching. It's a great profession. And not everybody can do it. I could not, but I do I, admire it. I could definitely not do what you do, work with computers <laughs> all day. And I could definitely not do what you do, Brent. So in season two, however, there is a character that is introduced. And you get really, really excited um, about what's coming Mm because it's almost like a teaser and there's a show you guys have you guys please tell me you've heard of the punisher yeah 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 you've seen the movie the original one with thomas jane and john travolta no no i really haven't seen anything from john travolta since greece so oh there you go (laughs) Greece lightning uh yeah so the movie was good the Punisher 2 sequel movie was terrible uh really good buddy of mine who I'll talk about in future episodes he walked out of the theater in the first five minutes. He was like, this is terrible. That was Punisher 2. Anyway, the Punisher, played by John Bernthal, is a brilliant actor. If you guys don't know who he is, he's most famous for his role as Shane Walsh in the Walking Dead series. Mm-hmm. And I haven't I, seen that either, but... Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, that's okay. I've heard we've a lot of people say... We've got some homework. Yeah. Although, wait, wasn't, the, wasn't the latest season or something of The Walking Dead supposed to be really bad? Is that right? Or is it really good? I don't know. I thought, uh, I, I've seen some like memes referencing like the current season of The Walking Dead, or and I forget what they were, but... I haven't seen any of the new season of The Walking Dead. They just released season seven on Netflix, mm-hmm. I believe, or season eight. I think they're in season eight now. But uh, yeah, it's like almost every other episode made for tv like show made for tv where it's going not gonna always be that blood pumping 
episodes. There's just going to be some dull, dry moments. Gotcha. Cool. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for the future of Marvel. Um, there's a bunch of other... So I've kind of talked a little bit about each show. There is a Defenders, which brings them all together. Um, and that one was okay. They're not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But... So, um, so let's hit everyone with a hit everyone with an order here. So if there if, if there was an order a guy should watch watch these shows, what would that be? In my personal ranking, you should start with Daredevil season one, okay, and then uh, go to the Punisher, okay, and then actually no no this is my ranking of best <laughs> to worst. Sorry, okay okay. So the order the order you should watch them in is mm-hmm. actually because they do kind of talk about things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Daredevil season one. Jessica Jones season one, Luke Cage season one, Iron Fist season one, uh, Daredevil season two, The Punisher, Defenders, Jessica Jones season two, Luke Cage season two, and Iron Fist season two. I might need full two weeks to watch all that. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is only nine ninety nine a month, well, I believe, or they think they upped it. It's like thirteen ninety. Other streaming services are available. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, not that we're being paid by any of them, but we'll, well, like Amazon, happily accept money. Like Amazon Prime and Amazon Video or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's Amazon Prime. And uh, nice segue, Kelsey. You're, yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty into that Amazon <laughs> that stuff. Happens hey? to be roughly what I wanted to talk about today. What a perfect first episode. This hey? is going well. And so I'm actually not going to talk that much about uh, Amazon Prime streaming service here. Although I will say uh, I did enjoy The Tick, which is a, a superhero show that's on Prime right now. But uh, yeah, anyways, on a related Amazon note, I saw they, uh, they opened their four-star store this week, which is a store that uh, sells exclusively items rated four stars and above or that are top selling or that are new and trending on Amazon's website. And uh, I think everything costs the same as it does in Amazon's store or Amazon's website that is uh, with a Prime membership. And I think they're pushing people to buy Prime memberships if you go to the store to get that same discount. Um, they've got, you know, digital price tags and everything and whatnot, but... Uh, on that on that note, uh, that kind of tied into some other stuff I I, I saw in the news, uh, which is that Amazon was taking a lot of heat lately for uh, their review system on the site, and more specifically, fraudulent reviews and fake reviews. Um, and so uh, that kind of got me thinking: with their four star store, you know, are, are the items in the store actually a legit four stars, or are those ratings been inflated by third party companies and whatnot? And so uh, I did some, some looking into the, the, the fraudulent review situation with Amazon and found a lot of interesting things. And so... Uh, so when you say fraudulent review, uh, sorry to interrupt you there. No, no, no. Are they, is that like Amazon paying people to give no, reviews for their own site to boost them that way? Yeah, it's not Amazon specifically. It's uh, sellers essentially. So, so the way the process uh, works, there's lots of these groups out there, whether they're Facebook groups uh, or like private Discord uh, servers or some subreddits and stuff like that. Essentially, uh, sellers will go in, into these groups and ask people to buy their product off Amazon's website uh, with their own uh, credit card, receive the product, uh, review it, uh, give it a five-star review, and that's important. It has to be a five-star review, and then uh, submit a link to that review to the uh, to the seller in that group uh, so that they can see they left the review. And then the seller traditionally will reimburse the person the cost of that product and maybe kick them three to five bucks or something like that as an incentive for posting the review. And so then that, in turn, will boost the rating of their uh, item on Amazon. And so uh, where this becomes yeah such a big issue is that... Amazon being such a massive marketplace now, 
in order to get your product anywhere near the top of the search where people are you know more likely to buy it you've got to have reviews on that product and so uh, especially now you know where there'll be hundreds or thousands of items you know uh, under the same category or, or you know when you search for something you'll find you know hundreds of, of, of things that match your search companies are doing everything they can to get to the top of the search so that they can, uh, you know, attract attention and get people to buy their products. And so that's led uh, some of the, you know, less honest companies to go out and, and, and purchase these essentially reviews from people. And which has kind of led to, you know, the companies that are playing by the rules, you know, struggling to survive. And so, yeah, that's led to a lot of these groups, you know, people looking to make a, a quick buck can go on there and, uh, you know, you might earn you know, three to five bucks for posting your review, plus they'll give you the cost of the item back. And then also, you know, if you're lucky, say you did a review on an iPhone case that, you know, might show up, you know, you take a picture of it, you might not even own an iPhone, give it a five star review, submit your thing, get a couple bucks back at the cost of the item back. And then you can go and try and sell that iPhone case if you really want to get a couple extra bucks back. And so uh, that now, yeah, has been, uh, it's been in the news lately too. Uh, Like back in 2016, I guess, Amazon, changed their uh, community guidelines a little bit like before they used to allow incentivized reviews and that was like so some so a seller could like heavily discount an item or give an item away for free uh in exchange for a review and i think i think it was required that you had to put in your review you know like i'm you know this is an incentivized review i was you know given this product for free but you know i really liked it and this that and and uh, so in 2016 they uh they changed so that uh, you're just not allowed to do that anymore they do have a program i think it's called the amazon vine program where you pay amazon a a a certain fee and nobody knows exactly what that is unless you go through the program but uh that uh they'll distribute that item to a a set of of you know certified testers and whatnot to give you some like early feedback on it to help you know get some exposure exposure for your product but uh they uh yeah so the, the the rise of this this fraudulent review system i guess it's been even more an issue now especially since since uh uh people leaving reviews are no longer allowed to put the incentivized you know disclaimer on their reviews it's made it harder to to spot these fake reviews by people that are on these groups you know um and 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 leaving fraudulent reviews and so uh amazon's developed you know uh, algorithms i guess um and you know machine learning algorithms that go through the review system to try and spot uh, patterns on on people leaving reviews uh, to to detect you know uh, this person bought three products they arrived this day and you know three minutes later you know they left reviews on it saying it was fantastic and it works exactly how they expected you know like that might be something that would flag it or um, I think they have to they have to spend fifty bucks to be marked as a verified you know purchaser but I mean that's not hard to do so. Um, and uh, or, or or they might you know be copying and pasting reviews from another review that would be something that might flag the algorithm, um, and so yeah this has been harder and harder to uh, detect for them and so uh, it's interesting there's there's now there's now services out there that you can as a consumer uh, that which I was unaware about I mean I I I'd been uh, you know as anyone browsing you know like buying an item online uh, you look for you know, you look for something that's highly rated and in the back of your head, you think, okay, well, it's got, you know, either it has like a lot of reviews or it's got like a few reviews and they're, you know, it's rated, you know, four and a half stars or something. And so, you know, that's going to make you feel confident enough in the item. And so, uh, uh, yeah, there's these services out there now. Uh, one of them I've discovered is called fakespot.com. 
which uh, essentially their their uh, their description they kind of say they they analyze the product reviews on you just punch in a link so it's a link to an Amazon thing I think they do like TripAdvisor and a couple other uh, big sites like that that are you know heavily review focused and so uh, it'll analyze uh, the product reviews and kind of look for suspicious patterns and uh, any potential like uh, fake or incentivized reviews and so they detect reviews that they think are unreliable and assign like a uh, a grade to the to the listing and so you know say it might be a four and a half star listing on Amazon for example but they might give it a you know a d minus or something based on the fact that you know it, it might say uh, it thinks 45% of the reviews could potentially be fraudulent and and so uh, it's also more common to see these uh, fraudulent reviews on like cheaper items because you're going to have in these in these groups like people are going to be more likely to go buy like a seven dollar uh, like phone case like we were saying right and and complete the review process and get the refund rather than buying like a <clears throat> like a MacBook or something like that, you know, where there's a lot of risk, you know, f- to get that refund from the seller. You know, there's you know, this is kind of a this is a business of like, you know, making money, not a business of trust necessarily. Right. So but uh, yeah, so there's these websites out there now uh, like Fake Spot. Another one is Review, uh, ReviewMeta.com. And uh, they work in a similar way, although they end up kind of giving different results. So Review Meta, what they do is they basically rem- remove unreliable reviews from the equation. So that adjusts the uh, the weight of the reviews in the actual listing. So, uh, for example, they may detect you know x amount of these reviews are are uh, potentially fraudulent. So it'll just remove those from the equation or weight them less. And then so you may get back you know if your original product rating was four and a half stars, it may still end up being four and a half stars. But instead of having two hundred ratings, it may say well this is based off of hundred ratings or something like that, right? And so uh, a neat thing I discovered, yeah, both of these, both of those services actually have uh, browser extensions. So if you've got Chrome or like Firefox, something like that, right, you can uh, toss an extension on there and, and uh, it'll automatically, you know, set you up to, uh, to look at uh, what their adjusted rating would be for some of those products. But yeah, I guess it's become, it's become a pretty serious issue too. And there's also kind of some similar, uh, similar issues. I mean, Amazon's been trying to tackle it. Uh, I mean, they claim that over, you know, and uh, I think the Wall Street Journal did a pretty big uh, look into some of this stuff. And uh, Amazon said that they've sued, I think, over a thousand people in the last three years alone uh, over, uh, you know, like review abuse and fraudulent reviews and stuff like that. And I mean, that's probably only beginning to scratch the service. I think they said they think that fake reviews accounts for less than one percent of the you know reviews. Um, other sites claim it's significantly higher. So who knows where it actually falls. But there's, I mean, there's other situations like, I mean, now you've, you've probably heard in the news lately too that uh, there's been issues with bribery. And so the, there was an investigation that it, I think it started in China on Amazon's Chinese uh, uh, site. And uh, I think it's also in the U.S. now, the investigation. But essentially the, the issue was uh, now that Amazon has opened up to um, third party sellers to, to sell on their like global marketplace, like it used to be you had to sell like directly through Amazon, right? And now you can sell on their on their global marketplace. And so <clears throat> now that they've opened up to that, it's, you know, there's that flood of like, well, especially like, you know, millions of products in through China and, and the rest, you know, the world. But the flood of stuff from China has made it hard for uh, hard for them to, you know, crack into the market with these new products and, and get that review saturation that they're looking for in order to get to, you know, the top, top of the search so they can get their products, uh, you know, out to people. And so... That's led to this uh, issue with, I guess, they're essentially middlemen or brokers um, out in uh, in China that use this uh, WeChat messaging program to go as a kind of a go-between 
Chinese Amazon employees and uh, sellers looking to boost the rating of their uh, products. And so they'll essentially go out to uh, the employees and, and bribe them anywhere between, uh, I think I, I saw quoted like 80 to 2,000 US dollars in exchange for uh, services that can range from releasing confidential information about people who have left negative reviews on their products or deleting negative reviews altogether to uh, also, I guess, uh, like getting people to leave I think they get people to leave sometimes even positive reviews on competitors' products, but in such a way that those positive reviews uh, will trigger Amazon's fake review uh, algorithm, which is kind of counterintuitive. But yeah, it makes kind of makes a lot of sense if you think about it. And uh, as and also of course they'll hire people to go out and and leave a, a bunch of uh, negative reviews as well. But uh, in terms of yeah, through the Amazon employees themselves, there's been there's been this investigation to determine you know where. Where these, uh, where this leaked information is coming from, and uh, I think there's also been issues with restoring banned accounts of sellers, you know, that have violated Amazon's terms. And uh, I guess, yeah, some of the the, uh, the journal that did that inquiry kind of highlighted the, the 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 vastness of the issue right now, and the fact that it's it's making it really difficult for people to trust Amazon when buying a product, you know, there's all these stories of people buying a product that was, you know, rated five stars and they get it and it just completely doesn't work and not like it was dead on arrival, like it just straight up doesn't work. And so instantly, you know, it's like, okay, well, this product probably was a, was a victim of, of bought reviews and stuff. And so, I don't know, I kind of thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, in terms of, you know, discussion, I don't know even, you know, what the solution is. And I don't think a lot of people know Amazon doesn't know what the, what the solution is going to be to this, but it's an interesting, you know, for, I, I, you know, they're by far and away, I think the largest, you know, online retailer now. And I think, oh, well, and now the second largest or second most valuable company in the world too. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few, uh, few months, few years, if there's going to be a way that they can, you know, address this. Uh, I saw one, one, uh, actually kind of going back to Netflix there, I think one, once one person suggested, oh, maybe they should go to like a thumbs up, thumbs down system or something, you know, that maybe, maybe that would be less flawed. But of course, you know, with a, uh, uh, buying a product on Amazon, potentially an expensive one, you probably want some more in-depth information, you know, about, uh, you know, reviews and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It'll be, be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, I don't know if you guys got any, any thoughts and I got a solution for how they can fix their review system. Have you <laughs> like personally like had a problem with the five star? Um, the system, I mean, uh, I, I never really, I, I had, I, I guess I certainly had no idea how big, uh, of an issue this potentially is right now until I until I started reading about this this week I uh, just out of I guess uh, all of our podcast year or majority of it at least we ended up buying off Amazon and so just out of curiosity I went and went through and punched some of the links for the the listings of some of our stuff into uh, uh, Fixbot's website and uh, a lot of it came back you know pretty pretty clean I guess you'd say you know we didn't detect that many fraudulent reviews or something like that especially for the more the more expensive of the gear but uh, funny enough for, for, for uh, some of the cheaper gear uh, some of the, yeah some of those had like lower ratings I think it was like our mic stands or something like that you know which are you know like 13 bucks or something like that right they uh, they had a higher percentage of, of suspected fraudulent reviews and some of them like uh, you know it, it lists reasons why it suspects you know uh, fake reviews like you know oh they all featured these words or something like that and some of them just make a lot of sense like it's you know it's it, oh, it featured the word microphone and everyone or like uh, blue yeti which is a type of microphone that is fairly common that a lot of people want to know if a stand will hold and stuff like that so some of it, I guess you have to take with a grain of salt and I think Amazon and these websites uh uh, conflict on on how many fraudulent reviews they believe there is, but uh, 
uh, it is interesting. And yeah, it has made me think about like some products that I've bought in the past that like, oh, I expected this to be a lot better based on the reviews and, and it didn't end up being, you know, as good in the end. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting. For sure. I think there's definitely still a big loyalty of support, though, even amongst all of the Absolutely. Amazon stuff. Yeah. And speaking of loyalty, Brent, you were going to touch base a bit about uh, loyalty in sports. You were the Segway master. <laughs> yeah. So for this week in sports, I thought we could talk about loyalty, especially with all the major sports starting up right now. Mm-hmm. You know, baseball's just finishing up. Uh, basketball is just in preseason and NHL should be starting up just this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought we'd do something a little bit different and have a little bit more of a discussion. Sure. All right. I like it. Cool. So there was a lot of drama this off season. You just look at the Raptors alone with oh, wow. yeah. DeRozan. Not a lot of people were big fans of it. And like, there's a lot of reasons why you look back. Um, once Chris Bosch left for Miami DeRozan was one of the players who actually said, listen, Toronto, I got you guys. We'll be fine. Then he was like a fan favorite, wasn't he? Oh, he was huge. Yeah. You know, time. Yeah. Like when we went to the game mm-hmm. just this year. Yeah. Um, Thanks for the invite. My guys. first NBA <laughs> game. It was fun. <laughs> it was amazing. And you just see whenever he scored a basket, they would play like Drake lyrics right after him. Yeah. yeah. Like Drake made songs. He was a wildly popular player. Mm-hmm. Even watching like the people with the jerseys, pretty much all of them had his jersey. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. know I personally bought it this week when we went. So yeah. it was kind of a disaster for me at this offseason. Yeah. But you I look at gonna, what I was going to buy a jersey too, and then I found out he got <laughs> traded. Yeah. Oh, it's like, it still bothers me in my mind. Me too. <laughs> but you look at what he did for that team. You know, mm-hmm. he made them into a division winner, he gave them first place in a conference, and. This offseason, what does he get? He gets shipped to San Antonio. Yeah. Albeit for an arguably top five player in the league. Mm-hmm. But still. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard? I think oh, he... it's definitely Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, the big problem I had with loyalty right there is I didn't mind that he got traded or that we got a really good player back. It was more what happened in the days after when he learned that management wanted to... Had a meeting with him, told him he wasn't going to get traded. Then literally probably two or three days later, he ends up on a plane all the way to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, it just pretty much had me thinking this offseason. You know, you look at names in the past like Tavares leaving the Islanders mm-hmm. to go to Toronto and Subban signing his massive deal in Montreal only to get shipped one day before his trade clause comes in yeah. all the way to Nashville. Yeah. Even like players like Coutinho sitting out for Barcelona or sitting out for Liverpool yeah. and then wanting to move to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to discuss with you guys, where do you think loyalty should stand in sports? And do you think there should be more loyalty from the management or more loyalty from the players? Or do you think it's just fine the way it is? Like it should be run like a it's business. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the Coutinho example at the end. I mean, yeah, cause that one, uh, yeah. Contrasting to the ones before, uh, that's an example of, of, uh, you know, a team that really wants to keep their player, but the player, you know, has his heart set on, on, uh, moving somewhere else, uh, you know, or accepting an offer from, from another team, you know, whereas the, as the prior, you know, examples, well, Tavares was an interesting one too, I guess, but, uh, the DeRozan example, I guess, you know, that's, that was a player that wanted to stay with the team and the team that felt otherwise, I guess. Yeah, it it's still like a lot of those guys, 
it's still a really frustrating thing. Like, especially the DeRozan one. I wasted good money on that jersey. <laughs> yeah. I'm still mad. Yeah. I am glad I didn't buy a jersey. I still really want to because a part of me was holding off that he will be back someday. Uh, but, like, just to touch base on the DeRozan thing a mm-hmm. little bit, because <clears throat> I'm still really upset that Toronto just shipped him off. Granted, we got, like, a top five player in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm told, and I just watched a little bit of Kawhi Leonard's game last night, and he was... Really good. He should play in the preseason. So um, I'm excited. However, if we look at kind of from Asai Ujiri's standpoint on the DeRozan thing, DeRozan, his numbers were absolutely incredible in the regular season. You see him turn on beast mode, come off the bench, start, whatever, mm-hmm. get 35 points a game almost every time I watched him play. But when it, when it came to the playoffs, it was almost like he was a ghost. It's almost like he just did not show up. I just find that when Toronto needed their leaders to lead the most in the playoffs, he wasn't there. Lowry, I think Lowry has been there, mm-hmm. but so I like while I don't agree with what Masai Ujiri did and the management, as Brand touched based on earlier, I, I'm trying to see it from both perspectives. Maybe there's more to it than we know, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, I have a, a buddy of mine who's a really huge basketball fan. Uh, big shout out to Brett. He he chimed in on this because I was really upset about the whole DeRozan thing, and I asked him. So yeah. Brent, uh, Brent, Brett, Brett, <laughs> uh, what like what was your stance on this? And he said, "Well, I believe my stance was his style is not well suited for the playoffs as a mid range shooter who tries to draw fouls off of pump fakes when you're allowed to get away with more physical defense come playoffs." Hmm. So, I mean. That's a lot more basketball term than I really know, <laughs> but I, I, I can kind of, I can kind of see it like, but he, I mean, I'm not trying to compare him to uh, King James, but like nobody could touch King James. Mm-hmm. You, you literally put a finger on him and you get a foul. Yeah. It's just, so I feel like there's a lot of unfairness in the league as well. Anyway, I'm taking over for Brent's segment here. Well, so no, I'm it's, just going to. No. So, so you, so you would kind of say that you, you. Are, are you're you're satisfied with the way things are then right now like that you know that like you like the way it went it just the entire way it went down you're just not a fan of i'm not a fan of how it went down mm-hmm. uh, i'm still not really a fan of how it went but i'm just trying to understand you maybe understand. why yeah. it yeah. went down mm-hmm. uh because like well, finding do, someone that can get them through that playoff well maybe that's is. maybe that's why maybe mm-hmm. there was a great opportunity and he couldn't pass up this opportunity to get a mm-hmm. top five player yeah yeah, for sure. Arguably, I guess. And then, like, you know, switching back to the Tavares example you gave there, I mean, that was an interesting one. You know, that's a guy that, uh, was he born in Toronto or he just grew up? Uh, I think up? he was born just outside of yeah. Toronto. But he grew up a Leafs fan, I think, right, his whole childhood, eh? Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, it it had to be in the back of his mind, you know, the the whole, you know, first years of it. How many years is he in Islanders? Or, it was like the Islanders. Eight or, or, nine, or nine, I think. Is it nine, maybe? I think it was Scott, nine. Like, yeah, he's... he's He's, he's 28. About our age, he's 28. Yeah. yeah. So he's yeah. like, yeah. So it's about nine. I think it was yeah. nine-ish years yeah, that he was there. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure a small part of him every time they didn't, you know, go deep in the playoffs was thinking, you know, I wonder if I could play with the Leafs someday. So uh, I'm sure, I mean, and, and every I mean, everyone wants to play with the Leafs someday. Yeah, like, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you look at Tavares. I, the one with, like, Tavares is the more it, like, started creeping up, like, I could kind of see it more and more that... Maybe he wasn't going to go to Toronto, per se, but you could tell he wanted to leave. He was just... 
there was a playoff of him against Florida, yeah. and he literally single-handedly put the Islanders into that next round. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember that game. That was insane. Like, yeah. Tavares, it was the Tavares show all the way. They just couldn't seem to build a team around him. No. And, yeah. like, as a player, like, do you want to sit there and be loyal to that team? Like, I get they built, like, brought in a brand new GM and a Stanley Cup winning coach, mm-hmm. but it's, not, it's still not going to... He's not going to stop the pucks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's, he's not going to play defense for you. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. You know, how, how loyal can you be exactly? Yeah, I mean, and, and some of that and some of that blame then has to fall surely on on the GM, you know, for for I mean, I guess they would say they did everything they could, but I mean, the obviously they didn't do enough you know? oh no yeah and yeah. so or it was too little too late maybe you know maybe the change was too late but uh yeah i mean so it's it's certainly understandable i think you know i mean it's it is a business and and you know at some point you are an employee and if you're not happy with your current employer you, you know explore other options and so how how well did that work out for matt duchene well yeah not terrifically that's a team that be lucky to be in Ottawa in a couple of years of the way things are going right Ottawa, now. Ottawa lucky to be a team. Be lucky to be a team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I can, Ottawa would be lucky to be in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, like I, I know Simon. Like personally, you're a big fan of Montreal and stuff. Yeah, and like you must have been just like torn apart I'm when sure you saw you heard this, about it. Yeah. the Subban deal. Yeah, that was a tough pill to swallow. I mean. Uh, Obviously, a guy's, uh, you know, he, he was a fan favorite in Montreal, you know, on and off the ice. And obviously, your 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 service off the ice isn't going to be enough to dictate what happens with your, your contract. But uh, I think, you know, that was obviously part of the reason why so many people were so uh, yeah, so upset when, when the trade to Nashville was, was announced. But there was also that, you know, yeah, that, that sense of like, well, he's done everything he can to be loyal to Montreal. You know, he promised to bring him a Stanley Cup before... You know, you know, while he was there, and uh, you know, wasn't able to deliver that. And uh, do you think he was a problem in the locker room? Because there was speculation that he was. You know, I hate I hate those discussions because it's just you know, unless you're you know maybe like an analyst or someone that's got some sort of insider information. I hate when fans speculate on that because you know how do you know what goes on in the locker room, right? You know that the same on the same Montreal. You know, sort to go off on a tangent here, but you know, with with Pacioretty, uh leaving, well, not leaving, but well, essentially leaving, but uh, you know, being told they're not going to resign him. Uh, you know, and, and then there was, you know, all, all these people upset with his captaincy and, and how, you know, oh, he's, you know, a terrible leader. He, you know, doesn't do anything. It's like, well, how do you know, how do you know what's going on in the, lo- in the locker room, right? You know, he, unless you're there, how can you, Didn't how can Hal you comment Gil on give us an excerpt of how Pikachu was living <laughs> with him? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like even, uh, well, yeah, on the, on like on the PK thing, yeah, like how, how do people, yeah, how do people know what goes on behind closed doors, right? And, uh, or Hal Gill, for example, you know, not the, <laughs> when he played, not exactly the world's best player for putting up points on the board but or something the like tallest that player well yeah he's a huge guy but like you know yeah he may not have been like the most skilled per se but like everyone you know that you hear in interviews after you know he retired you know said hey, you know one of the best leaders ever had you know a guy that you go to for sort of advice on like longevity in the league i think he played well over a thousand games in any case so but uh yeah like i don't agree what they did with pk suban but i mean that, yeah that's a messy trade and just in terms of you know whether you agree with the the result of it and you know who won that but you know yeah in terms of loyalty i mean yeah a lot of fans obviously would have liked to believe that you know what he tried to do for the team and what he's done for montreal would be enough to keep him there but at the end of the day i guess it is a business and and 
Yeah. Mark Bergevin, love him or hate him, and I have some very strong feelings one way or another, but uh, he's certainly made some other wild decisions as well, too, that don't seem to add up to me and a lot of people, but... Maybe you should spend a little less time in the weight room and a little bit more time yeah. right, in the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he seems to get a little bit bigger every year. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> the, the best was definitely that picture this year of, like them at Pacioretty's golf tournament and it looked yeah. like Pacioretty was a, like a small child yeah. and Bergevin was the actual NHL player. Mm-hmm. My, my theory is that he's just trying to bulk up a little bit in case somebody tries to fight him over over the GM job so yeah. that's why nobody's fired him yet they don't want to get beat up but <laughs> but I think like when you look at what we're discussing and everything it all kind of comes right back down to business. You look at for Coutinho sure. they get almost like 200 million for him Yeah, and they got like I don't even know if that's the right number. That's a problem. I, I, I think that's about right. There was 200 million euro, maybe. Or 200 yeah. Million 200, Euros. 250. It was an yeah. obscene amount of money. Yeah. yeah. They got a lot of money for yeah. a guy like, that's like, all right. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But you look at <laughs> Liverpool now, you know, it was a big risk when he left because you never knew what Salah was going to be. Yeah. It turned out to be yeah, arguably was... a top 10 player now in the yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now that. player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and then they get. Now a goalie, which uh, I haven't seen them play very recently, but uh, I've heard they needed one before that. <laughs> We're they needed one for a that. long time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which but, happened to watch their Champions League game this uh, week, and that was also disappointing, but uh, it wasn't on the goalie. So. Yeah. But then you look at guys like DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Kawhi looks like he's warming up to Toronto. DeRozan... Probably can't wait to play Toronto. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that game. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I almost wish I was like at... I think I kind of want to buy tickets to that game. <laughs> well, yeah. let me know when you're going. I'd like you to invite this Make time. Make another trip Ah, down. it's okay. It was a lot more fun without you. <laughs> oh, ouch. ouch. That's a little blow. <laughs> but yeah, like you look at all these deals and you can see how these players are kind of just spokes in a wheel. How mm-hmm. they're all replaceable, mm-hmm. but... Except for maybe Tavares. Tavares is kind of a superstar. <laughs> well, we know I'm not going to lie uh, this. We know where your allegiances lie. <laughs> but, uh, so I think we've agreed that we don't really know what the solution is for this. No. But, and there's, you're always going to be upset. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter. You mm-hmm. can always build new teams. Mm-hmm. But um, I yeah. think that's what I, I, think. I think you just you have to do what you think is right. Mm-hmm. And you just go for it. Even if it means hurting a couple feelings. Yeah. I think you said it right before mm-hmm. that it's a business. Like the side of the business side of things is always going to be there. And the hockey teams and the whatever sports teams are always going to be there. Players come and go. They're a dime a dozen. You're not going to get superstars all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's when it hurts a little more when they go and you leave their team. Like, yeah. talk about, we could talk about Wayne Gretzky, for instance, for like five hours yeah. about how, like, he got traded from Edmonton years ago and how it still stings after 30 plus years. Yeah, yeah. People are still talking about that. Yeah. I wonder if people will still be talking about the DeRozan trade. We will see. 30 years from now. Well, I think <laughs> that's probably a good place to wrap up, I think, for the day here. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, this is our uh, our first whack at this here. So uh, we hope you'll stick with us here as we uh, keep going here week to week. Um, but uh, we've had a lot of fun so far and uh, we look forward to... Uh, coming to you again here next week but uh, before we go uh, first of all we'd love to uh, hear any feedback that you guys do have you can uh, you can find us on facebook uh, at the weekly wind down or uh, also write an email to us if you'd like at the weekly wind at gmail.com and before we leave you though we would uh, love to leave you with a uh, bad joke of the week 
And so, uh, without further ado, I bought some new gloves today. They're really warm and snuggly, but unfortunately, they're both left. So on one hand, that's awesome, but then again, on the other hand, it's not really right. Thanks for listening.